Welcome to the 2SER Book Club, where every week we open up a new book and help you discover something to read, no matter what your taste. Here's Andrew and Tess. Morning, Andrew. Hey, Tess. How are you? I'm going well, actually. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It was a shame to, to miss you last week. But, I know. Uh, I know. We missed you. Uh, look, I mean, I did, I'd spent plenty of time reading, um, <laughs> and I've got a lot of... There's, a, there's just heaps of stuff coming up in June. So, I, I mean, some of it I can't talk about yet. Ooh. Um, that's cryptic. Uh, no, it's just like, you know, books have embargoes on them. So oh, true, I, I suppose. To, I have to wait and I'll tell you about them when they drop. And that's that's only fair because, you know, I know people are going to hear about it and be like, I need to run out to the store and get that. <laughs> um, although it is kind of early, maybe wait till the stores are open. Preferably. That would help you in your endeavour a lot, yes. Yeah, or just, just click through on your favourite, you know, internet money spending site and buy the book there <laughs> or some such thing or pre-order it. Uh, but look, today, today I have actually brought in for you uh, the most recent book in one of my personal favourite Australian series. Um, although, funnily enough, though, as I looked back through the book club archive, I realised I've never actually spoken about this series in the three years that I've been doing this, both with yourself and with Nick Healy. Really? Yeah, so massive oversight on my part. Um I have spoken to this author plenty of times, so final draft listeners, 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, might be familiar. (laughs) Uh, But look, let me give you a little bit of background. Please do. So, Solari Gentile is this extraordinary and extraordinarily prolific author from New South Wales, Snowy Mountains region. Um, She's the author of numerous books. It's like probably about 15, maybe even 20, I don't know. She's extraordinarily prolific. Uh, They span genres. For the sake of time, though, I am going to jump straight into the Roland Sinclair mysteries because that's what we're going to be talking about today. Mysteries. I heard the word mysteries. I'm in. Mysteries, yeah. So when this series began almost 10 years ago, I think the first book came out in about 2010, with a few right-thinking men, the reader was transported back to Australia at the turn of the 1930s. Roland Sinclair was the playboy youngest son of a grazier with little more care in the world than painting and hanging out with his rebellious friends. Um, So think like artists and communists. The dream. That's Mm. just ragtag bunch of people in the 30s. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. But these people are like serious rich. Oh, okay. Maybe less ragtag, more. Yeah, Yeah, he would not have been in rags. He would have, yeah, in bespoke rags maybe. So, skip forward over the years and over eight books. We are now in 1935, and Roland is a little bit more world-weary, but still dapper playboy, who has um, had to solve numerous crimes and hold back the forces of fascism from invading Australia's shores. Um, so, that's a, that's a pocket history of eight books. Wow. Now, book nine of the Roland Sinclair Mysteries, which is... Uh, all the Tears in China, sees Roland and his Scooby gang of crime-fighting artist friends travelling to Shanghai. So, ostensibly, they're there to represent the Sinclair family's interests at trade negotiations. As I mentioned, they're graziers and they, um, they, they trade in wool. Uh, but it also helps to get Roland out of Australia, where he, he is only one step away from being disappeared by the various conservative forces that he's crossed. So, people don't like him and these people have power... <laughs> And influence. Oh, good. That's a good place to uh, get yourself into, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and look, I, I'm going to just keep alluding to all the previous books. Okay. But they're fantastic. You, you really have to have to dive deep into them. But in all the tears in China, in in 1935, Shanghai, Roland discovers a world much larger than he's ever known. I mean, Shanghai 
80 years ago, 90 years ago, it was a very different place. I mean, that city has reinvented itself now. I mean, I think people that haven't been there for 15 years wouldn't recognise it. But it's always been this huge city. I mean, the city alone has a larger population than Australia, I think, or it'd be, it's come somewhere it'd close. be close, yeah. And back then it was exactly the same. So Roland's in this world larger than he's ever known, and his family fortune and his connections will only get him so far here, and he can't rely on his older brother to pull the strings when he's in a jam. So, of course, a woman is murdered in his room almost immediately. Oh, wow. And Rolly is the prime suspect. Um, now, now, as I say that, I, I think let's, for a quick second, acknowledge uh, the, the problematic state of, you know, killing uh, a female character so that the male character has an impetus to, to drive through the mystery. Um, uh, because it, it, it also sort of represents the situation at the time and in the in the world that Roland moved, there are certain characters, uh, certain people that would have been considered expendable. And that's the situation Rolly finds himself in. He has to question, am I the cause of this? Was this a, a complete accident, a complete coincidence? Um and it would be a cliche to say that it uh, it becomes a race against time to clear Roland's good name before he's thrown into a Shanghai prison. But there, I said it. It is a race against time. <laughs> we'll and, forgive you. Yeah. And Roland is surrounded by a, an eclectic selection of friends and foes alike with no way of knowing who to trust. Ooh. Mm. Mystery. Told you. Uh so I've tried there to capture some of the fast pace and joy that's contained in every Roland Sinclair book. Solari Gentile, she's this fantastic writer of genre who also knows how to weave in detail in such a way that the reader appreciates the historical moment wherein the action unfolds. Solari is also a keen observer of the historical milieu that her characters traverse. And the bulk of the nine books, they're set in and around Australia. One of the novels takes Roland to Germany, and now he's in Shanghai. And into this space, Solari unfolds and explores the historical tide and rise of ideologies such as socialism, communism, and fascism that were sweeping across the globe. I don't think it would have been lost on a lot of readers that were in the 1930s. And we all know what's what's happening, like what's coming just around the corner. It's easy, though, to sit here as the grandchildren, maybe even the great-grandchildren of that era, and believe that these forces sort of emerged somehow in a vacuum to wreak horror on the world. And it sometimes, it, it seems to me that it's almost an essential myth that there was an unequivocal bad guy in the Nazis against which other nations could become the unassailable heroes. In all the tears in China, and and indeed throughout the Roland Sinclair mysteries, uh, Roland's world is kind of opened up to the ways these political forces are insinuating themselves and even playing against each other. He's already encountered pseudo-Nazis in Australia, so there's and, and this is historically accurate. I didn't mention at the beginning. Solari Gentile's husband is a, a historian. Um, her books are filled with such amazing historical research that I assume, uh, well, I know they've collaborated on, and they read like this. So this is, this is historical stuff woven into fiction to tell us about our world. Um, and through Roland's eyes, we see how these ideologies become real options to people who believe that they have an enemy to fight. I've had numerous conversations with Solari and, and it seems like we're always joking that, you know, it seems like these forces are, are coming back to Australia. Now we have a situation where we seem to have actual Nazis in Australia. Yeah. Um, and and the parallels between the 1930s and Roland Sinclair books are are real and a little bit scary. So I'd encourage any any curious reader to go back to the beginning and discover Roland Sinclair from book one as he wends his way through Australia's interwar history, solving crimes. It's a breathtaking, but it's also a humbling look at how we think and how we act as a nation 
and it's hopefully not as I've suggested, a portent of things to come. <laughs> well, I'm glad we finally got to talk about uh, talk about this book series. If you like a mystery, go back and read it. It's it's everything that you would love about that era. You know, wonderfully pressed suits and uh, <laughs> and 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 dapper dresses and cocktails, and then you know everyone's engaging in fisticuffs and knives being and guns are being pressed into backs and. Um, <laughs> But you also have this sense that even when the good guys win, that maybe they won't. Because, again, you see what's coming around the corner. Um, and you just hope that Roland makes it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's always a good place to start. The other thing, he gets he gets the crap kicked out of him <laughs> numerous times in every book. And it's just like, I, I was like, what's she going to do to him in All the Tears in China? I can't tell you, but it's the worst yet. Oh, good. There we go. More incentive to uh, to give it a read. Yeah. Do we know what we're chatting about next week? Okay, um, I think I'm allowed to mention that I'm going to talk about this, but this is one of those books that I have to wait until it actually comes out. Uh, it's a debut novel by R.W.R. MacDonald, and it's called The Nancys. I want you to cast your mind back to late last year when I was talking to you about Nancy Drew. Yes. The Nancy Drew Mysteries. This is a playful and joyous homage to the Nancy Drew Mysteries. Can't wait. Thanks yeah. so much, Andrew. Thanks, Tess. You've been listening to the 2SER Book Club. We record on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at 2SER's Broadway Studios in Sydney, Australia. The show is produced and presented by Tess Connery and Andrew Popel. And a big shout out to Michaela Savage for graphic design and artwork. If you're enjoying the book club, why not subscribe and get new episodes delivered straight to your phone every week? If you want more books, you can tune in to Final Draft or subscribe to Final Draft Great Conversations Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. To keep up with everything happening at the station and discover more stories, ideas and music, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just look for at 2SER.